we'll get into our uh, question for the day. So I'm really excited. This question is a, I think it's an important one. I think every one of them is important. But it tells us something about, well, let's just get into it. The question for this week is, are we able to live a full Christian life in the American society? Are we able to live a full Christian life in the American society? So think the idea is full Christian life. Like you could be a mediocre Christian, but I'm asking, can you be whatever God needed you to be? Could you? One thing you learn is that, um, well, let me start by saying, uh, this, the message came because one Friday, it was Friday, you know, Friday, you're just tired. I don't know if any of y'all feel like this, but after five days of work, I'm just exhausted by Friday. Obviously, you're hyped for the weekend, but you're just tired. I remember it was 8 o'clock. We had just put the kids to bed, and I was exhausted. And so I literally, I got on my phone, and I started scrolling. As, you know, when you get, I don't know if anyone else does this or if it's just me. And in my head, in the back of my mind, I was, I was thinking, I want to do something for God right now. I want to love somebody or serve or do something. But I was just so tired. And it was like the week had done that, you know, like I hadn't been able to spend time with the kids. And so then I just started thinking, is our society pushing us away from God? Like how much we have to work, how much we're caught up in so many things, does it push us away? You look in the scriptures, you see that societies either push people away from God or push people towards God, and mostly they push people away from God. Uh, we have this story of, I don't know if you can tell who this guy, this guy is. Can y'all tell who it is? You see there's a boat being built in the back. Oh, there you go. So it's Noah. So Noah and the ark. And you see, what do we notice about the world at that time? And everyone went, uh, went against the way of God. I have the verse pulled up here. Let me read it real quick. And it says, um, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become. And, they, and every inclination of their thoughts were only evil. And verse 6 is really powerful. It says, The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth. Isn't that sad? Society had gone so far away from God, and, and in the midst of it, God was sad by it. So we see society can push us away from God. We see another example of a society. Can y'all tell which story this is? We see sulfur and fire coming down from heaven and destroying the city. So Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and we know in the story, you know, Abraham interceded on behalf of them. The angels had come, and Abraham said, Go, don't destroy the city. And God, he said, if there's 50 people who are good, could you save it? And the angel said, yes, we would. We wouldn't destroy it. And so that obviously meant there wasn't even 50. And so he said, what about 45? And he said, we won't destroy it if there's 45. Then he says 40. He goes 30. He goes 20. He even goes down to 10 people in a society of people who are walking fully with God. They said they, would will, they were willing to not destroy for 10 people. And yet they couldn't find 10 people because the entire society was going against God. So we learn very quickly through the scriptures that societies many times push us away from God. So I want to I consider, does the American society make it hard to follow God? Let's start with that question. And I think very easily, yes. I think American society does make it hard to follow God fully. Meaning, think about it. You hear a great sermon on Sunday. You guys are so excited. And then we go eat lunch, maybe watch some football, and then take a nap. And guess what? 
It's literally all gone. By the second the work week starts, we're not even thinking about what happened on Sunday. Can y'all agree with me? We, sometimes we have these convictions on Sunday. Okay, I want to be better with my stress and the way I talk to people. And the second the stresses of the world come on to us, we revert back to our old ways. We go back to our old vices. We go back to our whatever it is that we turn to. So very easily, we understand that we have these desires for God and we want to, but society pushes us away. I'll say one more story and then I'll let us answer this. So there was um, a missionary who went to China. The missionary, uh, you know, those people are so hungry for the word and they have like small sheets of paper and whenever they can get a chance to learn from someone, they'll go. So the missionary had found a place that he could do it subverse because you can't publicize that you're a Christian. And so he found a space and these people traveled 10 hours on a train to go to this place. They said after traveling, that when he started teaching them, they literally sat there for four hours to listen to the word of God. They were so hungry for the word. At the end of his time with those missionaries, he asked the missionaries, what do you want us to tell to the church in America? Like he was asking, he was a pastor, and he said, what do you want us to tell them? And the, and the Chinese people were saying, well, pray that we, we could have freedoms like you guys have. Pray that our church would become like the American churches. And the pastor said, I am not going to pray that. He said, you understand, like, we literally drive 10, 15 minutes to church, and people still don't want to come. He says, I talk 20 minutes and people are ready to get out of the church. He said, if anything, I want to pray that our churches become like you guys. So in many ways, it's sad. It's sad because America was founded on these principles of God, and we are a very Christian nation by name, but in many ways, we're pushing against God. So, so I ask you guys the question, are we able to live a full Christian life in the American society? So I'm going to, well, let's begin answering. But the question, are we able to live a full Christian life? One of the things I'm recognizing more and more is that there was a verse that says, we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers of the dark world. So I looked up the word principalities. And principalities means very, the very establishment of the world is the enemies. So you think if you're living in this world, like you said, this image of a tug of war, it is pulling you towards it. If you're not fighting, like, imagine if you're doing the tug of war and you just don't fight. You let your guard down, you're gone. Like, it is pulling you. The world is literally pulling you. And if you're not fighting with God, you will naturally go into the world. But is it possible? I believe yes. But the key is this verse. And it says, enter through the narrow gate. What does it say? Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So then how are we able to live a, a, a sincere and a full Christian life? you got to walk the narrow path. You look at this, and this is probably kind of an idea of what Jesus is thinking. We have a picture on there. And we see a, a road that is so nice, uh, it's clearly marked out, it's wide. And on the other one, it looks a little, there's lots of plants there. There's probably animals and snakes. And he says, enter through the narrow gate. What does he say? Enter through the narrow gate. 
if you want to honestly live a Christian life, you have to be doing what nobody else is doing. Are you okay with that? You have to be different. Because society, when you don't have God, will easily choose what everybody else is doing. And the sad part today is that's what Christians do. They do what everyone else is doing. You know, I like, I remember when I, and I've said this before, but I'll say it again because I really like this example. So when I was at my youth group, I talked about this verse. This is honestly one of the verses that I love, kind of a shining, this one guides my life. You have to be different, Sam. So I asked the youth group, okay, I, I had three people to come up, and I said, demonstrate to me what it looks like to walk on a narrow path. Whoever can demonstrate the narrowest path, I said, I'll give them a prize. So can you imagine what they did? One of the nicest ones, my friend Aaron did this. I'll give him credit. So I still remember it. He went like this. He had his like, legs facing opposite, and he was like going sliding through this. <laughs> and I still vividly remember. This is like, probably five, ten years ago. And I just thought, whoa, what a picture of what we should be looking like. Like, you have to conform your life to his way. We want God to conform to our way or society. And he says, you need to conform to me. Are you willing to do that? Are you ready to do that? <clears throat> because there's a couple things. Like, think about this. Think how uncomfortable this is. Like, when you do things different from people, you're not going to be comfortable you're going to stick out like a sore thumb. So are you ready for that? Are you ready to do things different from the people around you? And you know, one of the, the parts that I like really about it, it says enter through the narrow gate. What does it say? Enter. You get to make a choice. It's not saying God is not going to push you on the narrow path. He's saying if you want to do what everyone else is doing, do it. But he's giving you an option, enter. So every day that you live, you have to choose, am I going to do what everyone else is doing or am I going to do what God needs me to do? And each time God looks at the society and he, he says, you have to be a little bit different. Every society is a certain way, but you have to be a little bit different. We see this is why Jesus' teaching was so profound. He says, you know it said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, try not to get even with the person who's done something to you. When someone slaps your right cheek, turn and let the person slap your other cheek. If someone sues you for a shirt, give up your coat as well. You know why he said this? It's because during that time, they hated the Romans, right? And the Romans, I don't, if you've seen The Chosen, they do a really good job. Those, those guards were so mean. If someone did anything, they would just beat them. They would strike them. And what is the normal human response? Well, let's box up, right? Like, <laughs> let's go, right? And people, you know, that's where the zealots come, like the, the zealots were these groups that were ready to fight them. You know, Simon the Zealot, he was like a warrior. They were literally trained. They wanted to kill the Romans. And Jesus is saying, I want you to think so differently than the society. Stop being normal. When someone hits you one cheek, give them your other cheek. That's how different you have to be. So then you think, for our society, there are certain things, certain norms that we have normalized. So what are some wide paths that people naturally follow today? So during that time, it was, let's get back at the Romans. And he's saying, be so different. What are the norms today that we have to fight against? I'll give you one. People are lovers of themselves. 
all people think about is what do I want to do? What am I feeling? It's me. Me and my wife are saying this yesterday. Me, me, me. What do I want to do? Nothing is about God. No one thinks about, okay, what does God want me to do? And no one thinks about what other people need me to do. It's always what do I need? What's going to make me happy? So if you want to be countercultural, be about others. What other things do you all see? What are things about the Christian church today that we could, we have normalized that we need to unnormalize and go against the society? I'll give one. Complacency. We are a very complacent church. It's fine. And we have to go against it. We have to be hungry for God. So I want to ask you a question. We'll keep going. Are you walking a narrow path? When people see you, are you different than the people around? And if you're not, you might consider to yourself, am I just going with the crowd? Or am I entering the narrow gate that Jesus needs of me? His way is life. Uh, you know, all of this, really, if you really want to walk in the front, is following this. You have to get your Bibles, get into it, and realize what he wants. But I'm going to look at one way today, and then I'm finished. And what we're going to be looking at today is this. Our work life. Work, schooling, whatever we're doing, are you walking the narrow path in your work? You know, work is an interesting thing because we spend so much time. Generally, how many hours do people spend a week? 40-hour weeks. How many weeks are in a year that you work? Probably if you take two weeks off, 50 hours a week, or 50 weeks in a year. So 50 weeks times 40 hours a week, you're spending 2,000 hours each week at work. Can you believe that? That's a lot of time. I was calculating it. In, in, uh, that's 22% of your year. And that's not including sleep. So if you include sleep, Really, it's like a third of your time is at work. If you're not different at work, you are losing a big way that you can be different. So we begin to think, how can I be different at my workplace? So I have three practical ways. The first way I say is balance work and life. We live in a society today that values work more than anything. Right? People will spend hours and hours at work Right? So let me say this. American society says work is life. How much we succeed is how much we are valued. So we hustle and we grind and we put more work in because we think that's the way we should do. But what does the scripture say? What does the scripture say? It says work is a way of serving God. It shouldn't consume you. It's just one of the ways that you serve God. You know, you look at the story of Adam and Eve, and even from the beginning in the garden, God had them working, right? God had them working, but it didn't consume them. It was a part of their day. And in the midst of that, guess what they did every day? They would spend time with God. So I want you to think to yourself, are you someone that lets work consume you, or do you have a good balance of work and your life? And you want to know how you know? If your spiritual life goes down during your work week, you have probably prioritized your work over, over your spiritual life. If you, if you find yourself saying, man, I don't have time with God, you have given more value to work than to God. And so one way you honor God is by saying, I'm going to take time with God in the midst of my busy day. It's saying, I'm not saying take an hour and go to your closet while you're at work and pray. Okay, <laughs> uh, let's be real here. 
for me, it's like if I have a break, I get like conference periods where I get 40 minutes. And I don't want to use all of that to be praying, but I'll take five minutes and I'll put a timer and I'll just read a scripture and I'll center myself to say, God, I do this to glorify you. God, give me grace. Help me to know you more through this. So I want to encourage you, do you have a healthy work-life balance? Another way that you can test, really, if you don't, is are you constantly striving for the next thing? We are in a society that says, move, move, move up. And God says, I'll take care of you. I'll provide for you. And sometimes you do need to move up. But if that's your only focus, you have an imbalance. That means more to you than your spiritual life. So consider today first, do you have a good work-life balance? And I put a question there. Do you balance work and life? How can you find ways to rest and focus on God in the midst of the busyness of your life? And this is you being different than the people around you. Because everyone around us is just hustling. They're like chickens with their heads cut off, doing everything the world needs them to do. And you have to enter and say, I'm going to be different and make sure I prioritize God at work. The second thing I say is how we view money. We see a picture of a guy, money, hungry, money, Mike, right? For our society today, money is everything. So how hard you work is depending on how much you make. I've heard coworkers say, like, I'm not going to work any harder if they're not going to pay me anymore. <laughs> Everything about our mindset about work is, this is about money. So the American society says, money is the reason that I work. And the narrow path says, we work for the Lord, not for money. And that is a shift in our perspective. We're not considering to ourselves, this is for me. We're considering this is for the Lord that I work. In Colossians 3, chapter, in chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for man, since we know that, what, that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ you are serving. So we recognize for a second that in everything that we do with our work, it's service to God. From the littlest thing you think to the biggest thing. So when you step into work, I had a friend of mine who said this, and I loved his, his idea. He said, the second as he's walking into work, he prays, God, give me the grace to glorify you. Because he recognizes his workspace is not about him. It's not about his money. It's about serving God there. So I want you to shift your perspective. But that's hard. You know, all people think about is, you know, how can I make more? Like, this is about money. We think about time, money, value. And so I really want to encourage you, you really have to push against it because that's the way the society thinks. The society thinks it's all about money. So how do you shift that? One piece of advice I can give is use your money as a tool to serve, to not only serve God, but to serve the people around you. And I'll share an example of this. You know, this last week, you know, I've been trying to do a better job of saying hi to more people at my workplace, just making sure they're doing okay. And, you know, I'll normally go say, hey, how are you doing? And people do this, you know, people, are, people have work to do. So they'll, all, they'll be like, I'm good. And they'll ask me how I am, and they go back to work. Well, one person, you know, I was talking to them, and she said, you know, I'm just doing okay. And I asked, what's going on? Like, why are you just okay? That's not normal when people say that. And they said, well, you know, I was, um, as I was getting ready for work, 
their dog got out of their bed, and as the dog was walking forward, the dog face plants. And it's never a good sign when a dog can't walk. And so the, uh, the, this coworker was a little worried for the dog. And so the mom of the coworker told her, hey, you better just get ready. This dog is probably going to go. And that devastated my coworker. And so she was a pr pretty distraught. And so I thought, oh, man, like, you know, I'll just check on her later. So two days go by. I walk back around, and I'm saying hi to people. And I ask her, you know, how's your dog doing? It's just one small way I could be kind and serve. And she tells me that they had to put the dog down that day. So I thought to myself, man, that's, that's pretty hard. So in the midst of that, maybe I can do something for her. So me and my wife are talking because, you know, I always want to serve and get her ideas. And she has pretty good ideas. And so she said, uh, maybe we can get her a picture frame. And maybe just like a Starbucks gift card just to let her know someone's thinking. And so as I was uh, putting that together and as I was on the way one day to go pick up the Starbucks gift card, I thought to myself, man, like, why am I doing this? Like, you probably will think I'm weird or whatever, or I don't know. You know, people, you never know how people react. But then I just thought, I can use this money that God has gifted me to bless her life. In her moment of hurt, maybe I can use the thing God has given me to bless her. So I want to encourage you, we don't work for money. We work for God. And money is just a byproduct, byproduct of it. So I want to just clearly ask you, and you have to think to yourself, do you work for money or do you work for the Lord? And finally, the last point that I have to ask you today to consider your life. And what I love about all of these are these are very honest things that you get to consider about your life, your week, and your work. The last thing I want you to consider is, is work service to you or is work about yourself? Really, this kind of sums up much of what I've said today. You know, we, have, we look up at, there's a picture on the PowerPoint of someone just walking beside someone else. You know, we, I believe we as people are created to look out for each other, to think about others. The American Society says about work, take care of what you need and go home. Right? Don't look at anything else, focus on what you need to do, get it done and go home. The narrow path says serve others and make the life of other people better. You know, if you look in the scriptures, in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, it says, For even the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So you think if anyone should have been served, it's Jesus. He's our creator. He's our Lord. And it's rightful for him to be served yet he served others. So I want to ask you, where you go and what you do, are you looking to make the life of someone else around you better? Is your workplace better because you're there? And service is simple. Service is just about getting outside of your mindset and considering the people around you. Consider what are they going through. Give a smile to someone. Pick someone else's spirit up. These are clear actions that we can take to show people that I have been impacted, and even in that impact, I am impacting others. Christ loved me, and in that love, I will love you. And even if you're rude or hurtful, I'm going to do my very best by the grace of God to love you nonetheless. So 
reflect and think for yourself. These are the commands of God are a way of life that we get to enter into. You know, it says enter through the narrow gate. So you get to make a choice today whether you'll take the broad path that leads to destruction or whether you'll take the narrow path that leads to life. And I want to encourage, you know, our God is so kind when he offers us this. Many of us think, okay, this is just another chore that I have to do. But no, when he offers us the narrow path, when I was reflecting on this verse, all I could feel was God looking at us and saying, I want to give you life. You're so full of stress and worry and all of these things that don't necessarily aren't meant to be a part of your life. And if you'll take the narrow path, you will go towards life. But we're so caught up in doing what everyone else is doing that we end up going towards death. Even though it feels comfortable in the moment, we're walking towards death. So I want to encourage you as you consider this text and as you reflect on your life and let the Word of God speak to you in your situation, know that God has good for you. He has good intentions for you but you have to enter through the narrow gate that he's already offered. And today specifically, we looked at our workplaces. Are you walking differently in your workplace? And if you are, man, my encouragement is not only will you have life, but you will be a light to so many people around you. And I only imagine if a group of people can do this, how many people can they impact? So as always, our prayer as a church is that you stop looking like yourself and that you look more and more like Christ each day. We don't do this by our own efforts or our own merit, but by the grace of God. So pray to God and say, God, I hear you. I hear the convictions that your word has given, and I want to walk more like you. As always, I appreciate you guys paying attention. And my prayer is that again, like I've just said, we look more and more like Christ each day. Thank you guys for listening and praying the best.